Hey, everybody. Welcome to Inside Situation, a bi-weekly podcast where we share with you some of the conversations we're having in the agency. I'm Peter Yajisek, head of technology at Situation. And today's episode of the podcast is going to be a little bit of a round-robin style. Uh, we're going to bring in a handful of Situationers, Situationites. Uh, actually, I'm not sure what we call ourselves. Uh, maybe if you guys have any ideas about that, you could send us a an email at podcast at situation.myc. Anyway, we're going to bring in some folks to talk about our topic, which today is food and specifically how we eat while we're here at work and what tools, technologies, or strategies we use to make smart choices around the food that we're eating. Um, you know, for those of you who listened to our podcast with Kevin and Roz a little while ago about how we stay organized, you can kind of think of this as the next chapter in our Life Hacker series about how we fill the tank so that we can be creative all day long. Um, personally, I'm very fond of an app that I discovered last year called My Fitness Pal. Uh, it's made by the guys at Under Armour, which is a, uh, a fitness uh, apparel company that's kind of masquerading as a tech company these days. But it's a great app, and uh, what it, it allows you to set up targets for yourself for things like uh, sugar and carbohydrates and protein. And then you just scan or type in everything that you eat all day, uh, and it's connected to the cloud to a database that kind of pulls that information in. But you can also scan barcodes, and uh, it's a really easy way to keep track of that kind of thing. Uh, it also connects if you have a Fitbit or an Apple Watch. It brings in your activity for the day, so it really helps you to uh, use data to kind of keep track of your fitness goals. Um, maybe you guys want to check that out if you get a chance. Um, so next up, we're going to listen to some other folks here, uh, and we're going to talk about some of the things that that they do to make smart choices around food. Uh, we're even going to talk about some of our kryptonite items, those things that tempt us away from making smart choices. But uh, hopefully you guys enjoy this episode. Uh, give us some feedback. Drop us a line to podcast at situation.nyc. And uh, here we go. First up, we've got Sarah from our account team. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Peter. Thank you. Thanks for coming back. You were uh, you recorded one of the resolutions for our resolution show, did you not? Yes, I did. I was the uh, dishwasher technique perfecter. Ah, well, that actually segues nicely. I think uh, the dishwasher is kitchen adjacent, and uh, <laughs> we're talking about food today. So why was this topic something that you were interested in, something that you uh, felt strongly about? Well, I, I enjoyed talking about food in general. Um, I'm from the South. So for me, food is a very important part of your life and experiences. And uh, food in the office, I feel like is something we can neglect sometimes. So it's interesting to talk about it and share our opinions. How, how does being from the South uh, influence how you communicate with people via food here at Situation? Well, uh, for Southerners, food is and I mean, this is true of many cultures, but I feel like it's very true in the South. Food is a way of showing how much you care for someone, how important they are to you. Um, it's it's a way of giving a gift. So like on the account team, for instance, I really love making desserts and bringing them in and communicating to people that you guys have worked really hard. Let's share this together. Let's have a moment to enjoy like an Oreo dessert or whatever it is I make. Nice. And and how how often would you say you bring stuff into the office for the team? Well, uh, I try to focus on birthdays now. And we have a team of about uh, 17 or 18 people. So that's a decent number of birthdays throughout the year. Yeah. Um, it's hard. It is hard to carry desserts on my train commute into work. I will say that. It's in the South, I would do it like almost once a week, but I could also put a bunch of cupcakes in a car and drive them over. Right. Um, and here it's like, okay, so I've got this tray and now I'm going to stand 
against a pole. That way I can kind of hold it while I'm on my 40-minute train ride. Well, that um, shows that you care even more <laughs> because you're willing to, to balance baked goods on your subway commute. And turn down lots of strangers asking for dessert on a train. <laughs> and, and what is your daily kind of food ritual like? Are you, are you a lunch bringer or a lunch buyer? I'm a little of both. If I wake up in the morning with time to make it, I'm always a lunch bringer. Um, I try, my husband and I both try really hard to make lunch the night before so that we actually do bring it because obviously that is way cheaper than going out. But I also, on really cold days, uh, especially this time of year, I can't say no to going to Hale and Hardy and like getting a cup of soup because that's just so much more satisfying than the sandwich I made sometimes. Right. And and do you... Uh, do you plan uh, in advance for the week how what your food strategy is going to be or do you kind of call audibles throughout the week just depending on how you're feeling or how busy you are? It, uh, when I am really busy, it's all audibles. When I actually like have a weekend to like plan my meals and like uh, clean my apartment and do all those wonderful things on those weekends, I'll like get out the crock pot and make a big chili and eat off it throughout the week. And I definitely prefer to do that. I, I uh, speaking of crockpots, I just made an investment this last weekend in an instant pot, uh, which was recommended by about three or four friends of mine. Which is a magical kind of crockpot like device, but it also does pressure cooking. So oh, wow. I really can't wait to kind of start cooking with that more. Um, what What about your nutritional kryptonite? What is the one thing weakness wise that uh, you kind of can't resist when it comes up when uh, throughout the week here here at the office? Sugar. Sugar. I do not keep it in my apartment because I cannot eat it, but there is always chocolate here. And uh, it's, it's a struggle sometimes. Sometimes I'm hoping everyone else will eat it before I can get to it, which some weeks that works out. And I get to the candy drawer and there's nothing in there. And I'm like, oh, okay, good. <laughs> That's a good thing. The candy drawer is empty by what, Wednesday? Usually? Yeah, usually. Yeah, it's usually gone. <laughs> Um, what, uh, since we work at a digital agency, is there anything around food and technology that you incorporate into your life? Uh, I think, you know, before we started recording, you and I were talking a little bit about food ordering apps. How has that impacted the way you eat? It, it, it definitely impacts it. I, I use uh, my fitness pal to kind of track what I eat, especially when I'm trying. Um, I got married, and so I was a cliche bride and tracking everything the I ate. The pre-wedding. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, quite a bit at that time. But, uh, yeah, I use my fitness pal to kind of keep an eye on sugar consumption. And then uh, I have my great love and hate relationship with Seamless. Right. Because it's also uh, when situation has a great thing where if you're working really late, you get free dinner. And there are certain times of the year where you got to work a little late sometimes. And so I'll pull up Seamless and the temptation will be like, I should get a salad, but I would really like some Thai, uh, thai food right now. Right. And uh, kind of trying to toe that line. Well, and I find with, with Seamless, you don't even have to go through the process of ordering the food, you know, saying it out loud that you want those, you know, chili fries. You can just click a box and then they magically show up. So there's one more level of, of guilt removed because if you didn't say it, it doesn't count. Yeah, no, that uh, buffalo chicken sandwich I got, uh, I just clicked it. Well, uh, Sarah, thank you so much for sharing your, uh, your food thoughts with us here on the podcast. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Okay, up next, we've got Keelan, uh, who is back on with us on the podcast. Keelan, thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me back, Peter. You were you were on a recent edition of the podcast not too long ago, so people will probably recognize your voice mm-hmm. uh, about with Pippa about uh, international uh, topics. But today we're asked, we're talking about food. So why is this a topic that is interesting to you? 
I think food can be pretty magic. If you think about things like all you need to do is eat five portions of fruit and vegetables a day and you reduce your risk of cancer by 20%. I think there's really amazing things that food can do that we don't necessarily think about. I actually had a brief quarter life crisis where I decided that I was going to go back to school and become a dietitian. Uh, I didn't do that in the end, but my uh, uh, love of food and kind of like its power to affect your health, I think is really interesting. Oh my God. I love that concept of food as magic. Uh, you know, I, I think that, and I should let our listeners know that before we started recording, I literally went up to your desk and you had an apple that you were consuming right now as your mid-morning snack. Yes. Uh, so that's fantastic. You were going to become a dietitian. That's great. For a hot second. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, but it's clearly something that's important to you. So how do you – what are some of the strategies that you use in, in thinking about those portions that you need to get throughout the day? What are some tips that you think our listeners should, should embrace if they're going to have that magical food experience? As much as possible, I try to prepare my food myself. Um, there's some really shocking statistics like uh, in the U.S., over two-thirds of the items that you buy in a supermarket have added sugar. That's things that you would not expect at all. Those are things like uh, potato chips. Those are things like peanut butter those are things like granola bars all things that appear very uh healthful perhaps and so i try where possible to make sure that the ingredients that i'm putting in my body i am totally aware of the world health organization recommends that we only have about 30 grams of sugar a day but the average north american tends to eat about 105 or 110 grams of sugar a day because we're taking food from a lot of sources where we're not entirely aware of how it's been prepared or all the ingredients or all the things that go into it yeah no i i think once you start actually use, you know, measuring your consumption however you do it. We've talked about apps and things like that. I think it is shocking mm-hmm. uh, when you start really looking at nutrition labels. Uh, one of the things that kind of has blown my mind uh, and is, is sodium. Uh, you know, sugar I think is a big one, but also salt and just the amount of salt in prepared and canned and, and packaged foods yeah, is, is mind-boggling. Uh, and I, I think once you just start, when, once you kind of uh, take the veil off of your eyes, you 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 do see everything in a different light. Mm-hmm. And and uh, yeah, so you you are, one of my questions that I was going to ask people is lunch buyer or lunch bringer. I think I pretty much can identify where you fall. You you say you like to prepare most of your food. Do you do you? Is that consistent throughout the week and how you eat when you're here at work? Do you always bring in what you've made yourself? Sort of half and half, actually. So generally, at the beginning of the week, my boyfriend and I will sort of sit down and meal prep a bunch of meals that can last us throughout the week that all sort of fall into categories of things that we like to eat, but take a lot of boxes in terms of uh, making sure that we are getting enough uh, fruit and vegetables, making sure that there is a good balance between fat and carbohydrate and protein in every meal. But I actually also use a meal delivery service as well that fits with my particular uh, dietary requirements. So I use a service called Kettlebell kitchen, which uh, broadly follows a sort of paleo diet. I'm not strictly paleo by any means, but whenever I don't have the time to cook, I rely on them to provide me with meals that do not have added sugar, do not have trans fats in them, uh, use locally sourced meat, use meat that does not have hormones in it, provide portions of fruit and vegetables. So I do have a balance between making those 
meals myself and sourcing them from uh, companies that have values that align with my own nutritional principles. And I think that's that's one of the greatest things I, I think that kind of the startup tech culture has really brought to nutrition is the number of companies that are out there now that can kind of subspecialize. I think, you know, five years ago, maybe you belonged to a food co-op that was local to you and you could take advantage of that or locally grown gardens and things like that. But Mm -hmm. you didn't, I think, have the variety of things that you have today where you can find these companies that are popping up to have those special specialties, whether it's a paleo diet or a a vegan diet or dairy-free. Like there's really more options, at least in a place like New York. It's probably not everywhere, but we're we're fortunate here. I do think it's expanding. I think particularly whenever we think about sort of uh, these changes in food trends or opinions, we do think about those be, those speciality diets perhaps being very expensive or prohibitive or maybe the ingredients are difficult to source or difficult to cook. But I actually saw yesterday um, Walmart has introduced a range of paleo-friendly ready meals that are $6 and are available in all their stores across the country. So I think uh, retailers are seeing this shift towards uh, more healthful thinking, more health conscious or nutrition conscious thinking. And we are seeing those sort of specialized items being rolled out across the country into sort of more mainstream consciousness. I think that's great. And it's very exciting. I, I also, I would call out Fresh Direct, I think, uh, as somebody who, you know, I think a lot of people thought of them as kind of grocery st- shopping, but they do have a lot more food options as well in that area of kind of semi-prepared meals that you can then supplement with mm-hmm. fresh, which I, I'm a big fan of. Okay, so so I can clearly tell that you are a very healthy guy, but what is your kryptonite? What is your weakness in terms of food, especially when you're here late working on something stressful? I would say that my portion control isn't always the best. And whenever I get a tasty food, even if you might consider that to be somewhat healthy, if you are eating a lot of it, it's still a lot of food. Uh, Something that I really find difficult to control my intake of are uh, peanut butter and almond butter. If I buy a jar of peanut butter, it barely makes it through the night. I'm really not good at kind of stopping myself. That would be the thing that really, uh, that would be my food kryptonite, I think. Fascinating. All right. Well, Keelan, thank you so much for coming back to the podcast. It was great talking to you. Great to be here. Next up, we've got Emily from our engagement team. Hi, Emily. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Peter. Happy to be here. Thank you so much for coming in. So why is the topic of food something that's interesting to you? Um, Food is such a part of our daily routine. I like to think of it as a reward and somewhat of a um, time tracker when I get hungry. It's uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and it helps me keep track of my day. Do you, When you say that food is a reward, do you kind of have milestones throughout your day that after you achieve certain things, you go and grab something out of the kitchen, or how is it a reward for you day to day? Yes, so I am a user of our food in our kitchen, and I like to, every morning when I come into work, I eat breakfast from our lovely cereal stock, and then at lunch, um, I I'm 50-50 lunch bringer and buyer, um, but I'll eat at my desk or eat out if it's a nice day. And then, you know, when I'm hungry in the afternoon, I get to reward myself with a snack from the kitchen. And then when I'm hungry at night, it's the end of the day. <laughs> so so do you, uh, it's one of the things that uh, we may have mentioned on our Perks show, but I'm not sure, but that Damien is, is nice enough to kind of stock up the kitchen with some staples throughout the week. Every week we get certain things delivered on Monday morning and then... Uh, you know, there's usually cereal and fruit and the uh, the candy drawer, the dreaded candy candy drawer, which usually has very healthy options uh, 
from nature box and things like that. Um, and, and you primarily, you, you don't eat anything before you leave the house. You kind of wait till you get to the office. Is that right? Yes. So it's funny because I feel like most people think of Mondays as like the dreaded day of the week back to work, but Mondays are always my favorite day because it's the day that the kitchen is stocked. Nice. Um, so I always come to work hungry in the morning and I sit down at my desk and I grab some cereal and start the day. Fantastic. And and so you eat breakfast at the office, lunch as well, 50-50. Mm-hmm. If then, I'm being healthy, I will prepare something. But if I don't have time or something, then I'll I'll run out and grab some food. Yeah. Well, there's no, no lack of options in the neighborhood. No, um, definitely. Uh, what, about, uh, what about your dinner choices? Are you the kind of person, I mean, in the city, do you, do you eat out a lot? Do you prepare food at home? Um, I love to cook. So I also love to end my day with coming home from work and preparing a meal. It's very relaxing. It's a way for me to stay present. And um, I love the moments of creating something through food. So one of the things we're talking to people about is how they might use technology in their food strategy, whether that's ordering from someplace like Seamless or using stuff to keep track. Does, Does that play a part of your food strategy at all? Um, somewhat. Seamless is a bit of a dangerous app for me because it's definitely what I use if I'm feeling lazy or want to binge eat on something um, and not go out and get it. Uh, but other than that, I don't really use any food apps. And what about your your guilty pleasure, that thing that if you're here late working for a client or, or there's a stressful thing happening in the office that uh, – it, you you just know is, is something that's going to be something you can't resist. Um, at the office, it's definitely our our candy drawer can be my weakness. But in general, um, I am lactose intolerant and a huge cheese fanatic, so that's quite unfortunate. <laughs> oh no, that's so unfortunate. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh well, Emily, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. We really appreciate you talking to us. Thank you. Now I'd like to welcome Mark Seeley, uh, head of our engagement team, to the podcast. Hey, Mark. Welcome back. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks so much for coming to talk about food. Yes, of course. Uh, so why is this a topic that interests you? You, you volunteered to come in and, and, and be on the podcast today. Why is it interesting to you? I, I did. I'm not a foodie, actually. I don't uh, – is that a four-letter word now? Is it is it bad to be a foodie? I feel like it's gone over the edge. It's not bad to be a foodie. I've just like not – I've just never been one to like – care about food like i'll eat like a plain old tuna which is what i usually eat like tuna sub for for uh lunch and not much else but i don't like have those like delicacies i'm, I'm not high maintenance when it comes to food but and, and you said right before we started recording that you actually are not a breakfast person i am not a breakfast person that's interesting yeah so so you don't subscribe to the, the idea that breakfast is the most important meal of the day i most certainly don't i wake up i have my coffee I walk my dog, watch some GMA, and then, like, head to work. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like an old person. Though. Well, what, one of the things, that, at least you've got some nutrition going with the yes. coffee. Uh, I think <laughs> so. one of the things that, you know, we, we sit very close to each other in the office, and I, I'm always impressed by uh, – you You actually have uh, food delivered to the office. Uh, it used to be Blue Apron, and now it's – It's HelloFresh. HelloFresh. Yes. So you, you actually get uh, kind of ingredients shipped from, from one of those companies – uh, to here, and then you take it home and cook. Yes. Yep. Yeah. How, how did you get started doing that? Well, my husband and I aren't without uh, the assistance of HelloFresh or uh, Blue Apron. Aren't the best eaters. Uh, we will actually lazy. We're lazy cooks. Like we'll if we will fall. We'll fall back on bad habits of just like making something super simple, like a pasta or 
um, like grilled cheese, you know, something that's not right. that time, all that time consuming or like order food. Right. Um, which is very easy to do which in New York City. Very, yeah, I would, uh, seamless and grub up and all that. So we did, um, we started with Blue Apron to really start just like learning how to cook, portion control, which is huge. Um, and, or hugely important, I should say. They're not huge portions. Yeah. Uh, and just like trying to, different things and not just eating this the redundancy of eating the same thing over and over again so has, has it made you uh, you hear their ads all the time on podcasts and people say that it makes them less intimidated by the process of of being cooking you know more maybe oh. more complicated foods for the south have you found that to be true oh for sure yeah no it's been a, like a life changer i love it and i recommend it all the time yeah. um if you i have free meals if anyone wants to try it um and it's really uh yeah it's fun it's it's not hard and you make really great different meals that i never would have made before like salmon burgers from scratch and uh, st- I had a stir fry last night, a veggie stir fry. And yeah, it's really, really great. And we can actually use all the stuff we uh, got for our wedding. So we get to like, oh, <laughs> use and use the kitchen. We uh, luckily have a, a pretty big kitchen for New York. So that that's helpful. But uh, it's, yeah, I definitely recommend it. And it's inexpensive. You actually end up saving a lot of money. So you don't waste a lot of food. When we would go grocery shopping, we just would end up like throwing out a lot of food because it's gone bad because forget it existed or just hadn't used it. So it really helps with just not wasting. That's so, great. Yeah. And and does that translate it in? Do you ever bring in food that you've cooked through uh, HelloFresh into the office with you for lunch the next day, or is it pretty much just at home? It's pretty much just at home. I actually don't do leftovers. Okay. I am. Um, maybe I am more high maintenance. Like going through this podcast, I'm learning I'm actually quite high maintenance. Uh, no, I don't do leftovers of any food. Yeah. So what's your what's your lunch strategy then? It sounds like you're a lunch buyer. I'm a certainly yeah. I'm a lunch buyer. I wish I could be a make lunch and bring it in, but I I am not. Yeah, um, unfortunately. So I I buy lunch. Midtown uh, Manhattan isn't uh, well known for its lunch choices, so it's generally depending on how much time I have, I'll do like just run to the deli and get a wrap or a salad. I do more salads in the summer. I right. do more. Uh, like wraps and stuff uh, during the winter, and that's that's your first meal of the day if you're not a breakfast person. Yeah. So your lunch, going out for lunch. What about um, you know? How about stress? If you're if you're putting in a late day at the office or you're here, you know, sometimes you're going right to a show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I've shared meals with you on late nights yeah. here <laughs> when we're working on projects that go late. What what uh, what's your go to if you're in the office late for say dinner? For many of it, it's usually like a sushi or uh, an Asian inspired meal because mm-hmm. uh, they're in abundance in midtown and they're easy and generally like consistent so and what, what about your kryptonite what is your your guilty pleasure your weakness when it comes to food anything sweet i have a huge sweet tooth so i i eat a, if there's i don't buy a lot of candy and i don't buy a lot of sweets but if they ex- exist or are out i will eat them like there's no tomorrow. So we, we talked uh, with uh, earlier on the podcast about the candy drawer in the kitchen. Oh, yes. Uh, is that is that a weakness for you? Yes. And you're is. very close to the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that is that is a weakness for me. Uh, and Shauna uh, has a candy dish too, so that's a weakness. Uh, when I don't think of, I knew about that one. Yes, um, she does. And it's always mixed with some sort of like Reese's Pieces or peanut butter M&M's. Uh, and then when, if any of my team members go to 
there's a coffee place called Culture that they like to go to. And if any of them go, they have the best culture. There's one on 36th between 8th, 7th and 8th, and uh, on 38th and 6th. And they have the best chocolate chip cookies. What What is, um, we, we were talking before about the importance of, you, you said when you go out, you'll go to the deli. Uh, how important is it, is it around food to kind of take a break from from what you're working? Do you eat outside the office? Do you bring something back to your desk? How do you do it? I bring something back to my – I'm a desk eater. I, sometimes I'll see people eating in the kitchen. I wish it could be like that. But I usually don't work when I'm eating. It's usually like I'll be reading the you're, news. You're taking or, a break. Yeah, like reading the blogs or whatever yeah. um, and catching up on that kind of stuff. But I'm generally not working. Cool. Well, thanks so much, Mark. Yeah, thanks for coming back. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. And now I am joined by Elizabeth from our account team. Hello, Elizabeth. Hi, Peter. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so glad you're here. So why why food? Why is food as a topic interesting to you? Yeah, food is something I just care about a lot. And especially when it comes to the like food in the office, I found that, you know, we work in crazy creative place that is so awesome. It's fast paced, but being consistent about my food is something I can actually control and it helps me throughout the day to know that I don't have to worry about, you know, what I'm going to pack for lunch, what I'm, what I'm going to eat next. Oh, that's um, interesting. So, so yeah. it's kind of a stability because you you may, be, you may not be able to anticipate what's going to hit your desk from a work perspective. You can control kind of what you consume and when you consume it. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like it really does help. It's one of those things that it's like, oh, if you get enough sleep and you eat right, you're going to feel a little bit better. One of those sort of like, you know, no-brainer kind of things. But I've really found it in a, in the workplace as something that that helps to have that consistency to rely on. So so talk about that a little bit. What what are the elements of your plan as you're structuring your, your food habits? Yeah, so I am a lunch bringer. I'm someone that, you know, <laughs> brings my lunch and I come into the office in the morning with like a giant bag of food, which I have no shame in, all the snacks all the time. Um, that's the goal anyway. And so just knowing that, like, I've got that breakfast, I've got the snacks throughout the day if I need them, I've got lunch. Uh, and, yeah, it's just something that, that helps me as I look at my day full of meetings and projects and brainstorms and exciting client stuff. So you're, you're pretty self-sufficient. You don't rely on kind of the, the snacks in the kitchen. You kind of go to your own stash first. That's the goal. That's okay. always the goal, uh, though the snacks in the kitchen have saved my life many times, <laughs> uh, especially on those days when I forget my lunch or it's just been like nutty uh, having like being able to find something in the kitchen, especially like a piece of fruit or something that like is um, healthy is has always been really great. And, and you, it sounds like your part of your strategy as well is to have a little bit all throughout the day as opposed to kind of saving up or waiting for meals. Is that, is that true? Yeah. I'm somebody who like, I'm a snacker. I just am. And I have just leaned into that, <laughs> especially in the last couple of years. Cause it's like, I know that I get hangry if I don't have, you know, if I'm, if I'm hungry, I just can't op- like operate. Right. So, um, I, if I'm hungry, I'm going to have a snack and having them like my own stash of them has been really helpful. Yeah. yeah. And, and so when, before we started recording, we talked a little bit about uh, something we haven't talked about, but that you make use of here, which is the Duncan card. We have a we have coffee in the office, but we also have a perk where uh, we have a card up at the front desk where somebody can run out and, and get a coffee on the company. Is that something that's something you take advantage of? Yeah, absolutely. I love a coffee break or like a giant iced tea break. Uh, and I feel like it helps, too, because I can just like run out for a nice like beverage on the company as opposed to like using those breaks to also like 
if I'm stressed, go get a milkshake or, you know, go get fries somewhere um, and <laughs> not, um, you know, eat what I packed. So I feel like it, it gives me some nice shape to taking a moment to go for a walk mm-hmm. that doesn't become like a reward for dealing with a stressful day. Got it. And, and so you, you alluded to milkshakes and fries. Are, <laughs> yeah. are, what is your food kryptonite? What is that that thing that despite um, you, you knowing better, uh, just sometimes you can't resist? Oh, yeah. I'm a, like a salty fan, mm. fan of like the salt. I love um, like a sausage, egg and cheese bagel, oh my fries, and not together, separately, <laughs> or not yet. God. Um, but, you know, the, my other thing is like Cheetos. It's not something I buy at home. It's not something I could have as a kid. So like if there are Cheetos around, puffy or crunchy, I um, mean, if anyone from Cheetos is listening, uh, give me a call. Yeah, because we'll, we'll I will happily consider a, a Cheetos sponsorship for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, but like a salty snack is like, and it, you know, it takes the stress out for those like two minutes or whatever. And yeah, it's bad. Just thinking about them, I'm like, hmm. Hmm, maybe you'll have to check the cupboard, right? Yeah, right. Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Thanks for having me. And now I'd like to welcome Adam to the podcast. Adam, welcome back. Thank you. Uh, you're a member of our account team, and you've been on the podcast before, right? Yeah, I yes, I have yes. very briefly. Yes, yeah. um, and you, I was very curious. You, you actually took the time when I was looking for people to talk about food and food strategies. You, you were very thorough in your response. So, thank you for that. First of all, no problem. Uh, why is food that some, something that's interesting to you? Uh, why is it important to your life? Well, recently, I've been really trying to adopt the whole food as fuel concept. I've recently learned that a lot of my well-being, my emotional state, physical state, obviously, is really dependent on the food that I eat and also the process for the food that I eat. So I've been really trying to explore different options, play around with different things, especially as I've been adjusting to this job uh, about uh, two, two and a half months into it. Do you, do you find that um, agency, the craziness of agency life, is the enemy of uh, making smart choices around food? Or do you feel that they can work together if you plan ahead? I think definitely the latter. Um, recently, I've been trying to plan ahead as best as I can because the days can be very unpredictable. So I like to have my food sort of be out of sight, out of mind whenever possible. So I do a lot of meal prep, uh, specifically on Sundays for both lunches and dinners throughout the week. And and uh, unlike some of the other people we've talked to, you you pretty much plan to do lunch and dinner at the office. Is that true? Pretty much, yeah. That's um, I just do the bulk cooking, and I'm also actually doing this intermittent fasting program where I try to only eat between 1 p.m. and 9 p.m., so an eight-hour window throughout the day. So eating lunch and dinner while I'm at work, since I'm here for a good chunk of that time, is pretty helpful for me so I don't have to think about food for after after work or anything like that. And so breakfast, you, you go cold turkey? I or? go cold turkey, just tea and throughout the morning, okay. uh, tea and water, and then... Yeah, then I go straight into lunch around 1 o'clock. That's interesting. Mark, Mark Seeley also uh, mentioned that that's part of his strategy as well. I'm not sure if he's doing the intermittent fasting or just doesn't like breakfast. I'll have to check back with him. Um, you mentioned something before we started recording that you used to be a competitive eater. That sounds fascinating. Yeah, it was fun. Mostly just small challenges um, back in Los Angeles and when I was abroad in Denmark. So these were either large food challenges and or spicy ones as well. So um, one reason that I'm specifically trying to focus on my nutrition and food is because I can eat an absurd amount of food at once and not have it necessarily register in my brain. So for me to actually focus on what I'm eating, how I'm eating it, and when I'm eating it is something that I think just paid off in the long term as opposed to binging all at one time. What, what was the craziest thing that you competitively ate? 
the definitely the craziest was this one habanero salsa burger in Denmark in Copenhagen. And it was covered with a ghost pepper extract. And I remember three bites into it. I, my entire body started convulsing. Oh my gosh. Um, and it was not one for me. I enjoy spicy food, but I like spice to have flavor, not necessarily just to burn your insides. Oh, wow. That sounds painful. It sounds delicious and painful. Exactly. Uh, so I'm also asking people, what is, you, what is your food kryptonite? Uh, you sound very disciplined in what you're doing every day with your diet, which is to be applauded. But what is that one thing that kind of breaks the rules for you that you can't say no to? For me, definitely as a Californian, uh, it's late night Mexican food, specifically the Mexican food trucks, whether it's taco trucks. So I would say out of the menu that they have, I usually go with a nice like, steak or chicken burrito. Usually it's just a big one that's filled with anything. But luckily, the eating from one to nine pretty much prevents my late night cravings, okay. which is pretty good. So yeah, that's my kryptonite that I'm trying to avoid whenever possible. Cool. Well, Adam, thank you so much for coming back to the podcast. Thank you, Peter. Appreciate it. And now I'm here with Jason from our engagement team. Hey, Jason, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming in. So uh, I've been asking everybody why the topic of food at the workplace has been something that they're interested in. Why, why is it something that interests you? Um, well, as Oprah famously said, I love bread. And when I saw that email, um, I knew I had to participate. And even more than bread, I love all types of food. Nice. We were just uh, – what is your favorite type of bread of, of the whole bread category? Um, bagels for sure. Yeah. Is that, is that your kryptonite, your weakness? Yeah. Bagels are definitely my kryptonite. Um, but then any kind of bread beyond that, tortillas, empanadas, anything wrapped in bread Fantastic. has my name on it. I totally agree with you on that one. Um, so, so talk a little bit about how you, um, what, what is your big meal of the day? How do you engage with food while you're working? Are you a big breakfast person, a big lunch person? So lunch is my main meal for the day. Um, it's really great because I'm here, I'm in the city, so I get to go to a bunch of different places and get exactly what I want um, from tacos to burgers to Middle Eastern food, whatever I'm in the mood for, I can find. So you're primarily a lunch buyer, not a lunch bringer. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I'm definitely a lunch buyer. And what, how, do you, how do you figure out where you're going to go or what kind of food you're going to get? So I usually use MealPal. It's a website. I think they also have an app for iPhones. And it's a monthly program. Um, so you pay in advance, and they have a bunch of restaurants in the area that select a meal for the day. You get to pick what meal you want, and you go pick it up, and you don't have to wait in line, which is the best part. Oh, my gosh. I've never heard of that. Meal, MealPal.com, is that what it yes. is? Yes. Oh, wow. And, and it's not a plug. I really love it. No, and it's I, I know. I, I feel like on this episode, we should be going after sponsors because so many people have brought great ideas yeah. <laughs> for the podcast. So maybe maybe we'll do that. But so you, you pay monthly to them and then they offer you a selection of restaurants or is it like one per day? How does that work? Um, there's a whole selection, but you have to pick one per day and pick it up between, I think it's 11 and 2.30. So it's a pretty big window. Wow. And yeah, you just give the cashier your name or show them the email. And you get to skip the line, which is really nice seeing a huge line of people <laughs> and getting to yeah. pick up your food before them. Oh, my God. That sounds so cool. I'm going to definitely check that one out. Um, and then so you said lunch is your primary meal of the day. How about like kind of snacking through the day? Are you Do you kind of raid the kitchen supplies? Do you bring your own snacks? How do you deal with that? All of the above. Um, <laughs> I'm a big snacker and I get hangry. So if I get You're hungry, not the first person to say that. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we have a... 
arsenal of snacks um, in the kitchen. And then my team also has our own private snack drawer, but don't tell anyone else. I, I, well, seeing as how you sit right out, outside my door, I might have to inquire about I don't know how I don't know about that yet, but. It's next to Emily. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good to know. <laughs> uh, well, Jason, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, now I'm here with David from our engagement team. David, thank you for being on the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Hi. So what about the topic of food in the workplace was interesting to you? Why did you want to talk about it? Well, I thought it was fascinating because we often associate food with breaks. And I think how people eat kind of paces out their day. And so looking into why people eat and how they eat and what they eat and what they're thinking behind what they eat really gives insight into how people are planning out their day. Um, and yeah. so I thought that was a fascinating work conversation. And, and do you always um, kind of plan your breaks with your food consumption, or are those two different things for you? Um, well, I think being raised, going to school for the first, very traditional school for the first 18 years of my life, where your breaks are associated with when you eat and when you hang out with your friends, it's easy to pair eating and breaking together. And so we have almost this... It's like hardwired. Yeah, we're yeah. hardwired into breaking when we eat and eating when we break. But then you get into the workplace and there's often not these built-in break times. And you still want to eat, but you still want to get up and walk around and you still want to see the day. And so how can you kind of make all those work together? And I think it's taken me a little bit of time to realize the best way for me to do that is to kind of separate eating and breaking into two separate activities um, that allow me to have a time to walk around and also allow me to have a time to like replenish my stomach with food. Gotcha. So are you, uh, you're the, you'll eat lunch maybe at your desk, but then you'll make sure that you take time independent of that to kind of get up, move around, go out and run an errand, something like that. that yeah, totally. I'd say my my eating schedule for the day would be, Food the minute I wake up or I'm hangry for the rest of the day. And then a little snack in the morning around 10, probably my lunch around 12, 31, always a walk around 2 or 3, and then maybe dinner, maybe not, who knows, wherever the night leads. <laughs> <laughs> and um, do you – is there any technology that you use or are there any apps that kind of have helped you in your food journey and making choices about food? Yeah, so I – think what's so exciting about all the information right at our fingertips is that when you're grocery shopping, when you're looking around at a restaurant about what you want to eat, there are so many options and there's so much information thrown at us. And I've found a few apps that like help me distill that information so I know what I'm eating. And um, especially grocery shopping, you look at all the ingredients and you have no idea what maltodextromophilocin is, but you can type that into Google Right. If you don't have an app and you can find out what you're actually putting into your body. Um, yeah, I, I talked about my fitness pal before and how I love that how everything, as long as you have a connection, everything's connected to a database of information now. It makes it so much easier. Oh, yeah, because otherwise there's no way we can memorize every single ingredient everywhere. And there's so much dangerous stuff put in food now. And we have to be careful about what we're putting in our bodies. Okay, so last question. Speaking of being careful, what is your food kryptonite? What is that thing that you just cannot resist if somebody offers it to you? Whether or not they offer it to me, if there's ice cream in my presence, I will be eating it because I was raised to believe it was healthy for me, an important part of dinner, 
And so ice cream will be consumed by me whether or not it's okay. <laughs> okay. So follow-up question. What f- Any particular flavor? Any particular Oh, God. Brand? Totally depends on the mood. Okay. Totally. So Some days is a chocolate mood. Oftentimes, coffee ice cream used to be my favorite thing in high school. I don't know why. Right now, I'm going through a black cherry phase. I think it's something with the like freshness of the fruit in the spring, but also the darkness of the clouds in the winter. Who wow. knows? Who That's knows? very poetic. Yeah. You know, thank ice you. cream does that to me. You won't get any argument from me. Well, <laughs> David, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thanks, Peter. Hey, everybody. It's Peter again. That's going to do it for this episode of Inside Situation. I want to give a huge shout out to everybody that came in and spoke to me today about food. Uh, Hopefully it's given you guys some food for thought. It's definitely made me hungry. Thank you so much to Sarah, Keelan, Emily, Mark, Elizabeth, Adam, Jason, and David. Um, We'll see you guys again in a couple of weeks. 